This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with Sky McClay. We chatted about her piece, Many, Many Cadences, which she completed in 2015. The piece was composed for the Spectral String Quartet and is now being performed by a number of other quartets. The recording you'll hear at the end was released on the Sono Luminous label. In my chat with Sky, we discussed her idea for the piece, how she put it together, the piece's form, and the expressive quality of the work. My name is Sky McClay. I grew up in Wasika, Minnesota. I am currently overall, I would say, based in Chicago, Illinois, but currently living in Paris, France, and I identify as a composer, oboist, and installation artist. I wrote my piece Many Many Cadences for String Quartet in 2014 and 15. It was for Spectral Quartet, which is a string quartet based in Chicago. I wrote it for them as part of their residency at the Walden School Young Musicians Program, which is a camp in New Hampshire for um, pre-college composers where I taught for many summers and oftentimes we would have ensembles in residence and uh, faculty would write new pieces for them. So this was how I got the opportunity to write for Spectral Quartet. This piece was very unique how I started working on it because I really had a flash of inspiration based on the concept and I knew right away what I wanted to do. I sort of uh, had this sonic image of the whole piece before I really even started it. So I had, it, it, it really, this is the only piece where it's ever, this has ever happened, but it really kind of came to me like a dream or a flash of inspiration. I was sort of thinking about this concept of how Shankarian analysis boils complex entire pieces into this very skeletal, almost laughably uh, boiled down and simple chord progression or um, or baseline, and I kind of wanted to riff on that and take all these formulaic chord progressions and cycle through them really, really fast, so that you sort of got the perceptual zing of um, of cadences without any of the sort of buildup or tension. As soon as I had the abstract idea of a lot of cadences for this piece, then I went to um, I went to the book Tonal Harmony by Koska and Payne, which is a pretty common college theory textbook, and I put the image from that book of a tonal flowchart on the on the score because that little tonal flowchart, which I remembered from college, I used as my tool for cycling exhaustively through all of the um, all of the chord progressions. So I was sort of taking a obsessively literal uh, interpretation of that flow chart in a way that typical music from the classical or romantic period does not exhaustively cycle through those chords, but I wanted to take that little flow chart really literally. Write down which cadence is played at the end of each excerpt you will have a choice between perfect, imperfect, plagal and interrupted. Question two. 
so if you look at that flowchart, it always ends on, or almost always ends on one unless it's a deceptive cadence. So I sort of worked backwards doing all the two chord progressions, so five to one, or subbing the dominant with a with a seven chord, diminished seven chord, so seven to one, or a plagal cadence of so four to one, and then all of the two uh, three chord progressions like two five one or four five one or four seven one, and maybe a deceptive cadence like two five six and then backwards to the all the four chord progressions, all the five chord progressions, and all the six chord progressions. So that was my exhaustive cycling process that I did for basically for each uh, arch going down from the highest to lowest registers. And the way that I chose what key center, what tonal centers to place these progressions in was because of course they're changing tonal center every, um, every progression. I basically was avoiding keys that were related by a perfect fifth or perfect fourth, just trying to avoid the feeling that we might still be in the same key. So I moved instead by usually tritones or thirds or sixths away on the circle of fifths, even though there's not an exact science to that. I kind of went intuitively, but just tried to avoid the perfect fifths and perfect fourths relationships. I do think of this piece as an ABA prime form, but then nested on top of that is a, um, a deconstructive process. So the, the A section sets up the, these arches, well I think of it as 18 arches that are built of all these cadential patterns that are going from the highest to lowest registers of the instruments. And as we go through these patterns, the harmonic rhythm changes, the uh, the rests between each cadential pattern goes away, so they're a little more blurred together, and eventually the lower voices drop out and start doing a more lugubrious texture on their own. And so that's sort of one deconstructive process is the dropping out of lower voices. And my hope is that our brains still process even a two-voice version of these uh, four-part little chorale cells as the triads that we've heard previously. And um, so that's the process of the, of the A section. The B section I see as a binary, sort of binary opposite of the A section because the A section is very staccato, very fast, very um, just taking the idea of common practice period harmony but cycling through as fast as you can. And then the B section is taking a harmonic, you know, tonal harmony chord progression and just stretching it out as much as you can. So going really, 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 really slow between the chords and glissandoing between them. Um, and I had used mostly high to low arches in the A section. In the B section, I, I started low and went high in one sort of big arch uh, in the pitch realm. And But I also sprinkled in a few of the sort of staccato um, cadential patterns from the A section. And then the A prime section, I bring back the opening material from A, but then... I'm combining the idea of the glissandi from B 
with the fast staccato chord directions of A, and so I'm transforming these cells into this sort of big globular glissandi sound object, but that still has the rhythm that is reminiscent of the A section. And finally, it sort of deconstructs into um, just a little noise and resonance at the end. My hope is that the, the A section has a very zany, intense energy and uh, that this cycle technique creates a um, kind of like a restless energy and also sets us up rhetorically to have our expecta to have expectations that can then either be met or thwarted. And that's something that I found very um, fun about this material is that because um, caden cadential patterns set up expectations, I could then kind of twist those uh, expectations, do something like stop in an unexpected moment or stretch out an unexpected moment. And um, by controlling that timing and that sort of uh, payoff, the moment of, of payoff or the moment of release, uh, I was hopefully able to make it a, um, a really engaging listen and also hopefully something that is uh, funny and hopefully just a kind of contagiously exciting energy is what I'm hoping for.